welcome to episode 13 of the Recruitment Intelligence Podcast. Um, today, we're joined by Gavin Spears, CEO of Solutions Driven. If you have um, watched or listened to the podcast before, you'll have um, seen Gavin on there. Hi, Gavin. How are you? Hi, Claire. Good afternoon. Well, thanks. How are you? I am doing well. Um, we are recording on a Friday afternoon, so we're all geared up for the weekend. Um, all nice and relaxed. So, yeah. Good. Excellent. So, Gavin, we are here today. We're going to be talking about the, the recruitment uh, and the, the, the talent acquisition shortages that, that we've been seeing um, across the, the whole industry recently. Um, ourselves at Solutions Driven, we've just hired, I think it was nine new people in the in the last kind of month or so. Um, so considering the last 18 months that we've had, it's it's really great that we're you know, growing, getting new people into the business, and especially we're hoping to go back into the office soon. And um, so it'll be nice to see some new faces. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I guess my first question that I want to put to you today is, why have we hired all these new people at Solutions Driven? What's changed in the wider market that's that's driven us um, to this point? No, and, and it's a valid point, Claire. I mean, I think a couple of things. Um, so first of all, really, really fortunate to have hired the people that we have hired. You know, I think they've, they've added tremendous value already uh, into the business, and it's, it's great to see. I think a couple of things. I mean, I think, first of all, um, our model is, is split sales and delivery. So that gives us a bit more insight and predictability into our current pipeline with our clients, but also with, with prospects. So I think that gives us pipeline visibility. Um, but it would be twofold. One, to support demand that we have right now, and two, to support demand that we believe you know is, is going to be there over the next three six months i think secondly some of the people that we've hired are tsss talent sourcing specialists and other tdss talent delivery specialists so really that combination and the pair of a, of a tss and a tds working together also increases our output you know to support the, the demand that, that we have um, but that's really the i mean i think we've seen demand growing over the last six seven months and uh, wanted to make sure that it was it was sustainable and then have hired to, to support that demand. Great, yeah. Um, it has definitely been um, quite a busy few months um, in Solutions Driven. So, yeah, it's great to have more people um, come and join in the team. Um, one thing that, that has been clear, though, is that this process of hiring uh, people hasn't been as, as easy um, as it perhaps was in the past. Um, and what why has it been more difficult and, and, and in what ways has that changed from say a year ago? And I mean it hasn't been easy, right? And and you know, hiring recruiters was never easy, but it was always easier than the complex client hiring needs, you know, that we, we support. So we typically support clients filling difficult roles, confidential roles, roles that have been open for quite some time, roles in remote locations, and that was always perceived more more challenging. <clears throat> I think. But, you know, it really it hasn't been easy. So we've really had to dig deep in terms of almost use our own process, almost use our own sourcing methodologies, as well as engagement to engage potential candidates. I think a couple of things. I mean, I think I posted in LinkedIn a few weeks ago around um, right now there is more global demand for recruiters and more recruitment uh, or recruiter job ads than there are software engineers. And for years, many people have thought software engineering is the kind of 
the hard to find uh, skill. So right now that would say recruiters are harder to find than, than software engineers, which which I think is valid. I mean, I think um, why why is that the case? I think many organisations downsized their talent acquisition or recruitment function last year through COVID. Uh, it typically happens, you know, one of the first functions to unfortunately get hit. I think then there's been pent up demand. And I think that's really started to speed up over the last couple of months specifically. So all of a sudden, you've got two things happening. You've got companies hiring recruiters, but also companies hiring other roles that recruiters would, would fill. So it's almost the, the kind of double whammy of, of build-up that's, that's caused that. Um, so I think, I think that's one of the reasons. I think secondly, um, if you're a recruiter and you're busy in your, in your own organisation, it's maybe also not the best time to think about making a move. So, you know, you've got the, the other challenge there all, uh, I'm too busy right now to think about, you know, something something else. So I think all that together has been has been a combination. Um, I think we also, we put out a post this morning on LinkedIn that talked about, is it the war for talent or is it the war for talent acquisition? You know, and I really do think that over the years, over the last couple of years, I think recruiting as a skill set has become more highly regarded. You know, and historically, you know, the, the perception of recruitment was it was fairly easy. You posted ads, you know, you, you talked to candidates. Whereas I think that's become a real core core discipline and also, you know, a discipline or skill set that many organisations now, now need. Definitely. And I think I think this time last year, um, I had written a piece about um, the, the stages of of recruitment um, and, and there, there was you know there was the analog age there was the spray and praise there was the digital age and I think we predicted then that recruiters over the next few years were going to become more respected and that the profession was going to become more in demand and and obviously that has very much came to fruition over the last kind of couple months yeah absolutely Definitely. Um, why is this happening? You know, are we seeing different behaviour from candidates um, th th than we would have been perhaps a few months ago? Absolutely. You know, in fact, this week I've spoke to a couple of clients and prospects who, you know, are really seeing candidate behaviours change, um, you know, and, and candidates considering different things. So I think this time last year, we talked about, unfortunately, active candidates were more active because they were job hunting. But passive candidates were more passive because they were maybe scared to, you know, look and the grass wasn't grass wasn't greener, etc. Mm -hmm. I think now, especially in the last couple of months, um, we've seen we've seen a lot of candidate interest. So when we are approaching candidates for roles, including the roles for ourselves and, and client roles, there is what I would call a lot of curiosity. So people are willing to listen. People are willing to and are keen to understand what are other companies doing from a work life balance perspective from a remote working perspective, from a flexibility perspective. And I think the challenge we're seeing, and, and I'm sure many others are seeing as well, is it's that curious to committed piece. So, you know, it's historically, I mm -hmm. think it was easier to get true candidate commitment. Whereas I think now, not only do you need to work harder at that, you need to really sure that you do, you know, you do have the candidate commitment. So we've talked about three things we've talked about. There's a level of curiosity, then you feel as if you're converting the candidate, willing they're willing to, to discuss more with you. But it's really about getting that true candidate commitment to ensure they're bought into you know, the reason why they're, they're interested in the role. So that's definitely you know, been, a, been a change. And I think the other thing that's, if I look at it, um, I would have said three, four years ago when we were approaching candidates, 
you know, in particular for client opportunities, they were maybe more interested in things like how, how did the company perform last quarter? You know, what percentage of bonus was paid out? Um, you know, what are, what are the growth plans of the organisation? Whereas now, I think we're seeing more questions around, do they offer that hybrid? You know, do they have a, a, a sustainability process or policy? What are they doing from a diversity perspective? So almost the things that were perceived nice to have a year and a half, two years ago, I think have actually become much more of a must-have you know, in, that, in that candidate decision process. Definitely. And obviously we're speaking about recruiters and, and you know, talent acquisition candidates in the moment, but I take it this is happening across the whole market, across every industry. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're speaking to, in our team, you know, the majority of recruiters are, are feeling the same, are, are feeling the same, you know, issues and challenges. Um, yeah. and, and I think what we're trying to do to, to, I guess, overcome that is really focus on that candidate journey and that engagement and make sure that we've really assessed how committed are they to the opportunity? And also, how well does that opportunity match, you know, to their, to their planned requirements? Um, how has this change been affecting, you know, hiring managers and recruiters for recruiters? So how has it been affecting internal teams? So I think there's a couple of things. I mean, I think, um, so as, as the market's changed, Companies are, and certainly my, my kind of feeling right now, there are, there are companies hiring lots of people, probably more than they expected to at this point in time of, you know, post-pandemic. Uh, and secondly, there's a shortage of recruiters. For the recruiters that are in role, I think they're also experiencing um, almost a reduction in applications. So we've seen quite a few of our clients saying, you know, when we used to post on, you know, um, Website X, we used to get this number of, of quality candidates. We're now only getting, you know, less number than that. And I think that's logical because, again, I think just now, you know, there's, there's almost the, you know, who's the buyer and who's the seller, you know, and is it a candidate-driven market or is it an employer-driven market? And it's interesting because I would have thought at this time in the, in the pandemic's journey, it would have still been an employer's market, whereas I think in the reality is it's a candidate-driven market. And I think, I think as a result of that, Candidates are probably less likely to quickly put themselves out there and say, yes, I'm interested, i.e. apply for a role. So I can understand the logic of applications being down just now, because if you're a candidate who, you know, sees there's opportunities out there, why would you want to kind of, you know, wave the flag and say, I'm interested, you know, contact me. So I think as a result, recruiters are feeling the pain in applications being down, number of recs being up, uh, you know, less support internally. But ultimately, hiring managers still needing the roles filled, you know, from from the business impact. So it's a bit of a melting pot just now in terms of, you know, pressure from the hiring manager on the business side, pressure because people are trying to hire more recruiters, and then also pressure because the candidate behaviour, you know, the proactivity of a candidate being interested is less than it was, for example, this time last year. <laughs> yeah. So. What have they been doing in that case then? How are, the, how are talent acquisition, you know, internal recruiters, how are they trying to overcome this problem? Probably very similar to, to you know, anyone in the recruitment space right now. I mean, I think what they're trying to do is, you know, make sure they have enough recruiters in place to support the demand. Because you know yourself, as soon as the number of recs per recruiter goes above a certain level, 
the impact then is quality, you know, to the to the internal uh, hiring manager. Um, I think we, we are seeing many of our clients really focus on what I called the nice-to-haves a year and a half ago that have now become must-haves. You know, do we have a compelling candidate value proposition? You know, is our, is our candidate journey as good as it could be? So, again, all the things that was the, yeah, we'll get to that when we've got time, I think are now becoming, you know, absolute priorities. So that would be, and, and again, continuing to be, you know, we're seeing clients being more creative and resourceful, you know, than they were maybe, you know, one, two years ago, as, a, as an example. All those thought pieces um, in the middle of the in the middle of the pandemic that said, you know, um, it, it, yeah, it is an employer's market at the moment, but you need to keep your, you know, your employer brand, you need to keep your employee value proposition at the top of its game. They're all really coming to fruition just now, aren't they? Yeah, I do, you know, and, and I think, you know, many clients are really evaluating what do we want to look like as an organisation post-pandemic from a hybrid, from a way of working? You know, how will that impact productivity, efficiency, et cetera? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all the things we talked or, or the world talked about a year ago of, you know, you'll need to consider these going forward. Uh, it's, it's absolutely happening for sure. Yeah, we all had a crystal ball. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so obviously, you know, we've got clients that are coming to us that they might have came to us previously with roles that they would have considered quite business critical. And now they're coming to us with roles that they're saying, I would normally be able to fill this internally really easily, but I'm finding that very difficult just now. Mm-hmm. How is How are we managing to fill these roles? What, what differentiates the process that we are using to the process that our clients are using? And I think going back to that point on, you know, why why are clients coming to us just now either saying, you know, these are roles we used to be able to fill, but we can, or, mm-hmm. you know, can we take one of your team, you know, to, you know for a, a nine, 12 month uh, period as, a, as an example. And so I think going back to your question of why, you know, why can we help in that area? So I think, I mean, there's, there's nothing, there's nothing magic about any individual part of our process, the magic really comes around how we put it together and the team and the intelligence that we build around that. I think the first and foremost thing is, and we've we've actually had this feedback over the last couple of weeks. I think right now, clients really want to rely on someone they can trust. And, you know, it's important that regardless if it's us or any other recruiter, that you work with someone that you've trusted over a long period of time. Because I think right now, the importance of hiring and also the, I guess, the, the, the kind of changing in environment from a candidate behaviour, you really want to have a partner that you've worked with and, and can trust. And I think secondly, how do we do that? I think it's around accountability. So I think rather than rather than hoping that we get to the right result, it's about breaking that process down and making sure we're doing the right things at each stage of that recruitment process. So before we start, do we really have it clear? You know, how important is or how flexible is the client from a you know, remote working perspective, et cetera. Because again, these are the things that we're seeing and hearing other clients getting bitten by, you know, at the end of the process. For example, I spoke to a client um, a few weeks ago now, um, they were hiring a VP of sales themselves directly. And the, the, the requirement was they wanted the person to be in the office a couple of days a week and then flexibility uh, for the other half of the week. The, the, the candidate that they got to, and the candidates knew that, the candidate they got to offer um, then said, actually, you know, I've got a change of heart. I want 
five days remote working. Now, that's in, in theory, you can say that's doable. But if all the other leadership of that business are in the office for a few days a week, how does that in, then impact that new start, you know, getting to know the business, et cetera? Um, and the candidate then decided to reject the offer. So, you know, even though the, 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 the organisation had defined that, there are a lot of moving parts. So I think going back to how we help, I think it's about breaking down the process and really making sure that each stage of that process is clear on what to expect, by, by when. Mm-hmm. I think the other part for us is the, the intelligence and the, the, I guess the success that motivate candidates. We are definitely spending more time on really assessing is this candidate right, not just from an experience or behaviours perspective, but from a motivation perspective? You know, have we asked the, the kind of hidden questions? You know, do we really know what's going on in that candidate's life to make sure they are, you know, committed to where they need to be to, et cetera? So I think two things. I think breaking down and making sure that each part of the process we're doing the right things along the way. Uh, and secondly, making sure that we're really assessing, you know, that, that candidate motivation to minimise you know, any, any potential flags or, or changes. Great. Um, I have a, a bonus question. Um, I think that we've kind of discussed most things, but you'd mentioned kind of longer term outsourcing there. Um, so I think it was, did you say six to 12 weeks? Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that and tell me how yeah. it's slightly different or if it is different from RPO, um, recruitment process outsourcing? Yeah, so in six to 12 months um, is probably the kind of standard. I mean, I think, yeah, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of RPO that's gone on over, the, gone on over the, the last, you know, 10, 15 years. I think one of the challenges with RPO typically is it's very, you know, long-term. So a client will sign up for three, four, five years, depending on the size of the client. And I think right now, even though the market's buoyant in, in quite a few areas, there's probably still a bit of a nervousness around, you know, how how forward planning can we take based on the, you know, based on what's happened over the last 18 months. Therefore, we're seeing, um, and I think, you know, many others are seeing the same, that almost this, this piece of embedded, you know, um, recruitment support or you know, what we would define as almost external talent acquisition support, where a client says, you know, we, we need ongoing help, you know, and we need a more partnered approach than, a company that just fills one or two roles for us because we want them to really understand our culture. We want them to be branded as us, et cetera. So very similar to RPO, but probably just more around um, bringing the right person to support that, that right client at a point in time, helping them either scale, hire, you know, open in another location. And I think the value that we have is, you know, we, we talk about RPI, so the category we created last year, recruitment process intelligence. So for us right now, it's two things. It's, it's using RPI, to fill assignments for clients, but also training our team in RPI to support customers who need that embedded, you know, recruiter for a six, 12 month, you know, project as, a, as an example. And I think the value uh, the, or the benefits to the client is someone who really gets to know their organization, someone who becomes a true part and extension of their team, but also someone who can support and coach and educate them, you know, on what we are seeing, you know, across the, across the market. Because one of the challenges for any internal recruiter is they they hear a lot from different candidates. So they're speaking to different candidates every single day, but they maybe don't hear as much from what other companies are experiencing. Whereas I think, you know, that embedded recruiter can come with, you know, different views on, you know, what they've seen in in other other clients, as an example. Great. 
yeah just a bit a bit of extra outside knowledge and an oversight of the market yeah. absolutely yeah great well Gavin I think that we have covered um most things regarding um the the recruitment shortage or at least what we what we know about the recruiter shortage um is there anything else you'd like to add um or any points no nothing really i mean i think uh, just just the point we talked about earlier i think there was so there's been so much hype over the years around the war for talent and the global shortage and you know and i think you know clients or hiring teams who are listening to this is you know just just remember how challenging it is for for recruiters right now you know it's probably one of the most challenging times i've seen in the last 15 20 years and that's not an excuse because at the end of the day you know ultimately we still need to deliver to the clients but i think it's about how it was about selecting the right recruiter to help you, having the right process, but making sure that you are aware of what is changing in the market and you do understand, for example, the curiosity to committed and you know what is your organisation doing to really flush that out. But it's um, certainly a, a complex hiring uh, time for sure, but I'm delighted to help anyone or, or have a discussion with anyone that wants to, wants to hear more. Absolutely. And I will put a link. Gavin has just put a post up today um about you know the 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 war for talent or the war for talent acquisition um and, and then there's a poll attached to that that's got um the the opinions of you know various hr and ta leaders so i'll put a link to that underneath um the podcast if anyone wants to take a look at the results um gavin thank you so much for coming on this thank afternoon you. good um, hope you have a good and, weekend and you bye-bye bye-bye